The South Congress podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Cam, I have you on with Rhea Ripley. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Rhea, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. No worries, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So um, first, I don't know if you remember me. We had a fun conversation WrestleMania weekend. Um, it was media day. You were coming mm-hmm. up the escalator. You weren't doing media. But somebody behind you said, hey, I need about 50 autographs. You can sign them for me. And you turn around and laughed. And we had a good joke about you not being so nice to people in the airport. You remember that by any chance? <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay, perfect, perfect. All right. Um, I guess my first question then would be, um, it's been a year for you. You know, you, you've done a lot in the last year. How has that changed for you as far as notoriety and being stopped in public and airports and stuff like that? Has that been better, worse, or about the same for you? Um, It's definitely got a lot more crazy and hectic, for sure. I feel like in this past year, the real playing value has definitely skyrocketed and it's become more of a name that people hear about on different platforms. Um, it's wild because I not only get like wrestling fans coming up to me and even at the airport they're wanting me to sign stuff and all that stuff, but I get people at the gym that randomly come up to me and they know nothing about wrestling, but they're like, oh my God, you're the girl from TikTok. For sure. So, it's just like random things like that that I just really skyrocketed in this past year and um, it's definitely made it a little bit harder to walk around town and not get noticed. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you this, and it's really interesting because, I mean, of course you've experienced it, but a lot of us who have followed you specifically because of wrestling have really seen that happen in real time. Um, I put out a book at the end of the year and it was, I called it The Very Best Wrestlers of 2023. And you were one of the names in it. And here was my first sentence. And I want you to know, sometimes I talk in hyperbole. So I want to make sure I don't pre-offend you before I say this. I want you to hear this. I said, uh, Rhea the chemist, from Powder Puff to Powerhouse, Rhea Ripley succeeded where so many others have tried and failed. Achieving a complete reinvention in style, physique, and attitude. She's the leader of the most decorated faction in wrestling's largest company regularly driving the narratives of WWE's flagship program. She's respected by the men, feared by the women, and adored by the fans. She creates the movement, she is a movement, and there's a crop of talent coming up that she's here to test. Um, I took a paragraph to kind of talk about your year, but I think what I really want to kind of ask is, I look at first your transition from... I don't want to say traditional act, but maybe a more familiar act too. Hey, I'm going to lift more. I'm going to get more tattoos. I'm going to dress more in black. Was was that something conscious that you wanted to do? Was that something suggested? How did that come about for you? Um, first of all, I love that paragraph. That sounds absolutely amazing. Thank you for <laughs> wording it like that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the transition... And the evolution of Rhea Ripley, it's sort of just me growing up and finding things out about myself and not really caring what people thought of me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the Rhea Ripley that you saw when I first started in the first May Young Classic, I was 20 years old. I was just a baby. I moved over here 
from Australia, the other side of the world, and I was all alone. And at that time, I feel the women's division was so different. Like, you didn't really see many women getting hired that had the grungy look, that had the tattoos, that were different, you know? Like, they were all... I don't want to say they were all the same, but there was a lot of the same sort of build and same sort of gimmicks in the business at that time. Mm -hmm. So me being 20 and really wanting to get signed by WWE, I limited myself from being the most genuine person that I could be. I wanted to fit that uh, cookie cutter mold and show them that I belong here. But while doing that, I lost who I was as a person because I've always been the person that you see today but it's slowly come out the more confident that I've got in this business as, and as a human being as well um, but once I realised that trying to fit the mould that I thought they wanted wasn't working and I wasn't getting booked I wasn't getting the respect that I wanted I was getting pretty much bullied every single day and told that I wasn't good enough. Mm. I was on the chopping block. I nearly got fired a few times. I don't know if they wanted me to know that, but I did know that. Mm -hmm. um, I was just like, I had to sit down with myself within the year between the first May Young Classic and the second May Young Classic and sort of just took myself into being comfortable in my own skin and really taking in the looks and personas that I love. Like, I, I love my music. I love Motionless and White. I love, I grew up listening to like Black Bell Brides, Of Mice and Men, Suicide Silence, like all them sort of bands. And the way that they dress and the way that they acted, they didn't care about what anyone thought. And I really aspired to be like that. Like, I, I love the studded jackets. I love the, the painted jackets. I love the black makeup, the black hair. Like, I've always loved that grungy look and that's been me deep down. I've just been hiding it for so long. Um, cause I was trying to be the, the girl next door, the beachy sort of vibe, but it just, it, it wasn't me. But after I had a little discussion with myself, I, I stopped caring. What they wanted from me because at the end of the day, if I'm going to die on a sword, I'm going to die on the sword that I put down and be my genuine self. If I don't make it that way, then it wasn't meant to be. But I'm not going to sit here and fake it until I make it. I'm not going to try and do that because at the end of the day, it makes life a lot harder because you are faking it. Things aren't genuine. Things aren't natural. They don't just come out naturally. Where the more confident I've got within each year and now being a part of the judgment day, it's taken me up so many different levels of being confident because I'm out there with the boys a lot of the time and now you see me a lot by myself because I've got to that point where I am comfortable in my own skin. I am comfortable with the character per se that I am because it is me. Um, so everything that I do is genuine these days and that's the evolution of Rhea pretty much. So Rhea, we, you and I have different musical tastes, um, but <laughs> let me ask you this. Um, are you familiar with the Dungeon family at all? That sound familiar at all? The Dungeon family? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Dungeon family being the collective of Outkast and Goody Mob and all these Atlanta artists that were really, really big in the 90s and the 2000s, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, Future becomes this really big international artist and then, you know, people don't remember when he was one of the understudies of the Dungeon Family, 
The reason that I bring that up is you being 27 now, I look at who's around you and it's all these guys who were the man when I was a kid. Like the year you were born is when America really found out what Rey Mysterio was, right? Um, Finn Balor being the man early 2000s. Priest, even though he's kind of just really finding his footing in the mainstream, he's been doing this 10, 15 years. You got timeless R-Truth, right? What does it do for you as somebody in their early to now mid-20s coming up around these guys who were stars, who were huge, and are now able to give you the game, so to speak, as you come along, how valuable is that to you as a young wrestler in a position that a lot of people just don't have? Um, well, first you gotta add Dom to that as well. He's, he's the youngest veteran of the group. Hey, seriously, right? He came up in the game, right? Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. He grew up in front of the camera and mm-hmm. on WWE and doing all these things with Eddie and Ray. Um, so you have to put him in there too, but. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, being able to be, in this business and in storylines and in segments with, with people like Rey Mysterio, like Randy Orton, like Edge, like AJ Styles, like Finn Balor, like Damian Priest and my little Latino Heat My Dirty Dom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do learn a lot and it is really cool. Like I grew up watching some of these people and loving them and the amount that I've actually learned from them, just naturally being in the ring with them and seeing how confident they are within themselves and how smoothly they execute things, I don't even realize that I'm learning most of the time because I'm just watching and I'm taking it in. And then I catch myself doing little bits and pieces and I'm like, oh, that was very, like, edge of me. Oh, that was very AJ Styles of me. Yeah. So I think that it's really helped me skyrocket in this business, being out there, with so many different talented people, not only men, but women too, like stepping in the ring with Beth Phoenix. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely insane to me. I loved Beth growing up. She was one of my favorites because she was so different. And I knew that she probably felt a certain way, but she was still so like self-confident and genuine within herself. So she's one of the people as well. But being in there with all these legendary names, it really has helped me a whole lot. One of the things I've tried to do in my writing is try to find parallels uh, between people, try to find their contemporaries. And one of the things I always thought was interesting in both Vince McMahon's vision of WWE and Triple H's vision of WWE um, is this idea of the all-American athlete. And it's really changed over time. Um, and of course, one of the clearest examples is The Rock, right? The Rock being super college athlete, movie star, good looks. What was always interesting to me was how white Steve Austin really represented counterculture and black rock was more in line with the all-American ideal. The reason I bring that up with you, um, they were the last two in a Royal Rumble at one point. And then I look a few years down the road Aria Ripley, who I think is counterculture in a lot of ways, and a Bianca Belair, who fits culture more, are the final two in a Royal Rumble. Um, 
let's talk about the people you consider contemporaries because of course as a writer who sits back and watch i look at you two as oh that's a wrestlemania main event down the road um talk a little bit about your experience with the royal rumble with her at that point and then as you transition you winning the royal rumble this year um i feel like bianca and i we are two peas in a pod pretty much coming up in nxt together going to war going to the main roster pretty much and um making it into the royal rumble and being the last two it was it was very fitting i feel like bianca's my person that will always be there and we will be the new faces of the women division coming up mm-hmm. um we've pretty much already taken over now but once you know the charlotte's leave the becky's leave the the babies leave it's left to us and this is now our division it's fully our division and we're the new generation so I really love that Bianca is my person for that because I have seen her work so hard in NXT to get where she is. Like she didn't come from a wrestling background. She mm-hmm. was an athlete. So to see how far she has transcended and just evolved and accomplished so much, like I'm, I'm very proud of her and I'm glad that she's my person that I get to do this crazy journey with. Um, and just to, not to cut you off really quick, she has been complimentary to me personally about your physicality. So she feels the same way. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> We've talked about it a few times. Every time we step in the ring, we are legitimately going to war with each other. Like, because we're very similar builds. Like, we're both strong. We're both athletic. I have to say, she's probably more athletic than me, to be completely honest. I can't do those flips that she does. Y'all don't run track and I stuff over there. Like, y'all, y'all be. I don't. I don't want to be be jingoistic. I want to say y'all chase kangaroos and stuff. But seriously, um, it, the, the athleticism as a, as a teenager is different over here. So she had a little bit of a head start on you. To be fair. We'll go with that. <laughs> that no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool because it was like the final three of that Royal Rumble was myself, Bianca, and Charlotte. And Bianca and I working together to get Charlotte out, it was sort of a statement made by us that this is now our division mm-hmm. and we're taking over whether you like it or not. Bianca says it best. We're here and... You can acknowledge that and we can be here together or like you don't have to leave, but if, if you got a problem, feel free to leave, but we're here to stay. Um, she says that a lot better than me, but you know, I feel like what she says is you don't got to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of here. I feel like, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But, um, yeah, I mean, us throwing Charlotte out, it was definitely a statement. And then us being the final two, it was really cool to see. And, like, having our moment where, yes, I might have tried to throw her out, and then she reversed it on me, and we ended up on the apron together. Great um, shot, by the way. Great shot. Yeah. moment for us. Like, we're, like, we're still we're working together, but we're still against each other, because we both want to be the best. Like, she calls herself the EST. I'm going to put that to the test. You Absolutely. Know? So having that moment was really cool with her. And then to go on to the Royal Rumble in 2023 and going at number one after getting eliminated by Bianca in that Royal Rumble to then go on to be number one and make it through everyone staying there the whole time and win the whole bloody thing. Like, I just feel like that is the growth of Rhea Ripley and it's really 
cool to have that set in history. Like the amount of records that I've broken in 2023 is just absolutely insane to me. And that is one of them that had broken a couple of them. But I'm just, I'm just trying my best. And at this point, I feel like every single year I take it a couple of steps up. So we'll see what 2024 holds. Best is difficult. Um, I try not to bother wrestlers about best matches, right? But I will say this. You and Charlotte is the most physical WWE women's match that, that I've seen in person at WrestleMania. It was absolutely like knockdown, down, drag out, <laughs> physical. Um, was that the idea going into it? Did it evolve into that? And I mean, just like with Bianca, is there a special pride that you take in, you know, a, a Charlotte, a Bianca, a Nia Jax, a Shayna Baszler in these real physical, visceral athletes. There's something special that you take into that. And just your ideas about that match with Charlotte, how you felt going in, how you felt coming out. Um, yeah, I got a few people on the roster that we, we like to go hard when we're in the ring. And everyone knows it about me that I, I love to get hit and I love a bit of blood. Um, <laughs> so when I step in the ring with like Charlotte, Bianca, Nia, Shayna, uh, Raquel, we're always going in there and we're going to go hard no matter what. Um, so to have that WrestleMania match with Charlotte, we didn't really have a game plan going into it. We just know that we bring out the best in each other mm -hmm. and the, the roughest side of each other because we're in there to prove a point. And I think also from like winning the Royal Rumble, but not having the proper build up into WrestleMania, we really had a point to prove that we deserved to have that match and we deserved for it to be highlighted and and main evented. I understand why we didn't, but we wanted to prove a point that we could have within this match. So we went out there and we just, I don't know, there's something about our chemistry and it was just there from the start, from WrestleMania 36, the first time that we had ever touched uh, in a singles match it was just there instantly. Charlotte is someone that, for me, in my career, she's really been my kryptonite. We butt heads a lot. But every time we step in the ring, we bring out the best of each other. So she's someone that I love stepping in the ring with. I know that I'm going to be paying for it for the next week. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I know that it's going to be enjoyable for everyone and we're going to come out of it feeling so proud and accomplished within ourselves as well. Um, but yeah. Yeah. What I both enjoyed and disliked about that match specifically, Vegeta's my favorite Dragon Ball character. So I was like, look at Rhea. She's out here in the Vegeta outfit. And then I was like, oh, I know what happens to Vegeta every time except like two episodes. Uh-oh. <laughs> Dude, but, it, was, it was very fitting to wear Vegeta for that match. Absolutely, but you but you went all out. <laughs> so he, he's, he's the man, absolutely. Something about a, a small man with big dreams that I will always appreciate. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this, as we kind of wrap up. Um, one thing you did talk about was being yourself. I think, mm -hmm. um, and you'll know more about this than I will, something really cool that happened in your situation is the person who you are authentically is somebody who the person kind of in charge of the direction of your career is a fan of. Um, that music, mm -hmm. that style, that attire. Um, was there ever a conversation specifically between you, Triple H, anybody else about, hey, 
We are going to make you a focal part of Monday Night Raw, not just in the ring, but you are going to be one of the ones to really push the storyline. And the reason I bring that up, um, you know, um, you were only three years old, but some of us were like in high school when, when DX's first iteration and, you know, China was really hot. And the thing about China was, again, China was going backstage, hiring people to find people in showers who were stealing stuff. Like it was very much a, a situation where this, this big strong woman, is trusted enough to not only navigate the women's division, but also push push the overall storyline of our flagship show. Was that a a a conversation? Was that something that progressed? Did it just happen? Kind of kind of what was that about? It sort of just happened and progressed. We didn't actually have like a sit down conversation about how my career would pan out. We sort of just let it all grow in a way um naturally because it got to the point where i i injured myself and then i came back on ray's anniversary and we did the whole beat up ray thing and then that turned into beating up dom as well and we never sat down and it was like okay you're gonna be on pretty much every single segment Mm -hmm. (laughs) of war for the next year you're you're gonna be beating up the men, you're going to be doing all these things. That was never a sit-down conversation. It was more of a a weekly sort of progression in a way. Um, Yeah, I mean, Hunter definitely likes to um, put me next to China, but at the same time, we both understand that I'm trying to be Rhea Ripley. I'm trying to make history for myself. Yes, China paved the way in the way that she got in the ring with the men and she proved that women can beat up men and, and be just as good as them. Where I'm, I'm sort of following on with that, but I'm trying to make my own name for myself at the same time. Um, but it has been a lot of fun slowly getting trusted more and more and growing into the rear review that you've seen today. Like, each week, I feel from when I came back from being injured, I've had a little bit more of a responsibility each and every week. So it's like progressively grown, but I don't know if it was fully meant that way. Like, yes, I've, I've sat down and I've, I've talked to Hunter and he's said to me that he's like obviously proud and he sees big things, but he's never specifically told me what they are. Yeah. Um, so it's just a weekly sort of progression in a way. And... I'm living for it. I feel like I'm learning so much on the go and I get to do really cool things with some really cool people. So I feel like it's a step in the right direction for not only me, but for women within this industry as well. I feel like it's, it's growing the women's division. I guess I don't get to step in there as much with the women these days, but I feel like it's still growing it in a different way where we are going to evolve. And when we get to that where I do get more singles matches or just more matches in general, I feel like it's going to escalate and up everything even more because it's been uh, a build to it. Um, and I think that's what people don't really understand either. Like once I have a big match, it's going to be big match feel, you know? That um, is why... Um, I have been in yeah. the ring with the men and I do beat up the men. So if a female can step to me and bring me that sort of war at the same time, 
That's why um, when I again when I wrote the thing, the two women who are in the thing that I wrote are you and Athena, and a lot of different. Um, you know, wrestler of the year, female wrestler of the year. A lot of different conversations were like, well, Athena's had all these great matches. How can Rhea be in the conversation? And my biggest point was sometimes it's about driving the narrative. Like, and again, like you said, when you had matches, like you and Zelina in Puerto Rico, it mattered. You know what I mean? Because it's somebody getting a shot against somebody who is super featured on programming, how do they hold up? I, I think that that's been, you know, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not calling you Roman Reigns, Rhea, but there are certain parallels. <laughs> I, but I'm a boxing guy. Like, big match feel yeah. means I don't see you every single week doing stuff. Um, if I could just exactly. have a few more minutes, I'm almost there. Um, let me ask you this. What was the backstage reaction to the match you had with Tozawa? One of the very first straight up intergender matches in WWE in recent memory? Um, it was very positive. I mean, a lot of people were excited to see it. I remember seeing it on the run sheet and a lot of the females were like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, is this going to start beginning to be a thing now? Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to get to do this? So like, everyone was really excited for it and to see the reaction from it, from not only the women, but the men as well, like, it's it's what we live for in this business. We live for exciting things and we live for history being made and things changing because everything's changing within this business. Every single time we have live TV, something drastically changes and it evolves. So the, the atmosphere when I got back, like everyone was ecstatic and they were happy and they were just excited to see what the future holds because this is a step into a new direction. Absolutely. All right. Last thing I got for you, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Last thing I got for you. Rhea Ripley is, and you've actually touched on this. Rhea Ripley is not Bianca Belair, is not Charlotte Flair, is not Athena, is not Tony Storm, is not Io Shirai. Um, I don't think we've ever seen a, a situation where there are more women on a national and worldwide stage who get to present themselves as different individual people. You have contributed so much to that. What are your hopes for not only yourself, but for women's wrestling as a whole in the next few years? Um, I just hope that it transcends and it just takes that next step in the business where we do start getting more TV time. Like we have so many women on the roster and I feel like a lot of the time you see three minute tag matches and I really want to see the women get the opportunities to really shine and get that time on live television to show everyone how charismatic they are, how, how clean they are in the ring, all these different things. So that's what I really want to see in the near future and it's been really cool to see so many different i'm going to say the word characters but like just personas because mm-hmm. it fits every single mold for the wwe universe to watch and connect with like we're connecting with so many different groups of people so the more we can get on tv the more we can inspire the little girls out there or even the little boys out there to For sure. grow up and follow their dreams and be their genuine selves 
while growing up to not fit a mold because their mother wants them to, their father wants them to, their teacher wants them to, the rest of their family, their friends want them to, to be themselves and find find themselves in their life and grow up to accomplish what they want to accomplish. And I feel like getting more groups of individuals, especially women, on TV for longer times, we're going to help inspire the next generation. Rhea, I'm going to leave you with this. Um, while I wrote this book, I wanted to make sure that my fellow media and journalists got to have their input too. And I made sure to get uh, some some female writers to talk about the female acts that we talked about. So Mimi Chells from the Black Wrestling Podcast, here was her expert opinion on why you deserve to be part of this list. As mommy leads, she packs a mean punch and isn't afraid to run roughshod on Raw. The judgment day have taken over the brand. And the nightmare has become a ruthless, selfish, selfish leader who will stop at nothing to broker the right opportunities. She's everything you need in a badass, a rebel, and a star. That's what Mimi had to say about you, Rhea. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I wish you the best. Can't wait to see what you do at the Rumble and WrestleMania, all right? Oh, yeah. And Thank hey, you, so you tell them people at the airport to leave you alone, Rhea. Oh, don't worry. I'll be there. <laughs> You have a good one. Thank you so much. You too, mate. Take care. Bye. The South Congress Podcast.